Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Friday, August 18th. It's six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We appreciate you joining us on this Friday. If you'd like to watch, you can do that. We're on YouTube. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. And we go to the drivehubler.com hotline because Tony Kinnett is going to join us. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm good. It's 7 a.m. here, and it's already 90 degrees, so uh, sweating in pride. Are you legitimately going to Maui? Is that a real thing, or were you lying to me? No, I'm serious. I am here at the, the Philadelphia airport. I'm in layover for another hour before I hop on a Southwest flight, so p- please pray for me. Well, 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 that uh, seems and- like a huge health hazard. Why are you going to Maui? Because there are a lot of government officials who lied to the people of Maui about things like the emergency action service, uh, about uh, how preparations that were made for the island of Maui. And uh, they're not really telling a lot of the other media there who aren't asking any tough questions. So I'm going there to do it. Now, I've been uh, seeing reports that there's another part of Hawaii that's on fire today, right now. It's the entire state of forest management and agriculture management in this country has caused unmitigated disasters in terms of wildfires. Uh, It turns out that when you clear cut sugarcane plantations and you let dry grasses grow on the fallow ground, uh, they spread incredibly quickly. Just ask the citizens of Australia. I mean, they had a couple of crazy wildfires that would sweep over hundreds of acres in mere minutes. Uh, that's how dangerous these things are. Uh, Tony Kennett's our, our guest. Joining us on the drivehubler.com hotline. Go ahead, Casey. Oh, well, I was just going to say, he mentioned Australia, and you might recall uh, back in 2020 that that was the biggest story around the world until COVID hit. So, All right, let's. Uh, you're, you're going to that. We wish you the best, safe travels. But we want to talk with you a little bit about what's going on with these libraries. This is all stupid and ridiculous. And before we get into this, I'd like to point out, there are people who are having aneurysms over where books are in the library who don't care at all that our governor had a VIP meet and greet with a domestic terrorist who is now in jail in Portland for trying to kill cops and allegedly let that guy write part of the police reform bill that's now law, or that our mayor here in Indianapolis disappeared during the riots and is still never given a clear answer on where he was during that. Those people don't care about that at all, but they are willing to lose their mind over where books are in the Hamilton East Public Library. And now, Tony, it looks like the liberals are winning again because the Noblesville School Board has pulled one of the conservatives off that board. Yeah, I mean, this is just par for the course. So you have a school board who really doesn't want publicity because every school board on earth doesn't want publicity because it's easier for them to just do what it is that they want and for you to just shut up and go along with it because that's easier for everyone. And and what happens is you'll have a situation in which progressives get really angry. And after the progressives get incredibly angry, they start throwing things and, and saying they're going to make your life a living hell and that they're going to scream about how fascist Christo Nazi you are and all other kinds of made up nonsense. And then the establishment Republicans, the more uh, moderate Republicans, get, they get terrified because they don't want to be called those bad words. So we'll just go along with it, you know, play along to get along. And that's how every single one of these goes. Just because some Indianapolis young adult author who writes mediocre fiction gets mad because a book is now 20 feet from where it was, as though a child going to the library is going to be browsing books and see that title and go, oh, I think I'll pick up that one. <laughs> 
that that's not how that works at all. Uh, to, uh, I'm to, sorry, the faux outrage ain't happened. So I've pondered this question for years and years, and we've talked about this on, on this show before. Like, this is nothing in the terms of the egregious behavior of government, even if you're against moving the books. Like, this doesn't harm you. Know, it's just, it is amazing to me all the egregious behaviors of government right. that people just go, oh, well, you know, whatever. But if you move a book, oh my gosh, 200 people show up to a public meeting. Yeah, at the South Madison Community School Corporation last night, the school board president, Mike Hanna, cut off a sexual assault victim. And then at the end of the board meeting, when it was time for board members to make comments, they, they instead of addressing the sexual assault that the school kind of looked past and putting a girl in serious jeopardy, uh, they were talking about how much fun it was to coach with the seventh grade boys football team. We don't want to talk about that. But, oh, God forbid someone moves the book from the teen section to the adult section. No one is actually serious in politics. It's all performative and it's pathetic. Why, though? What, like, what is it these people need to be liked in these communities? They're worried the social club they hang out with isn't going to accept them anymore. I've never understood this. Yes. No, no. That I mean, you, you would think that that's an analogy. And I would say, well, it's a little more nuanced and complex. No, it's not. Genuinely, people are just in these positions of powers because it's like the reason people wanted to be in the student council back when we were in high school. You don't actually want to make changes. It's just a popular thing to do. And so they take these positions. And the moment that someone starts to get a little bristly about a decision, they fold quicker than cheap leather. I, rem- I remember this one time I was in a meeting and there was something going on that the establishment people when I was an elected official didn't want. And the guy looks at me and goes, well, the last guy who did this isn't here anymore. And I looked back at him and in his eyes, I thought we're going to just drop out of his head. I said, well, good thing I'm not running for reelection so I can do what is right. And it just blows my mind, Tony, that these people are worried like at the Walmart that somebody's not going to be nice to them if they actually do the stuff they promised to do when they ran for public office. You know, I've noticed that since I've started doing political work that far more people come up to me and say very pleasant things because I take a stand on certain issues than the mealy-mouthed, nonsensical individuals who, by the way, are so terribly disliked in the state that every single gubernatorial candidate is terrified he might endorse them. Uh, Speaking of gubernatorial Mm -hmm. candidates, Tony Kennett is our guest. Uh, This Chambers guy is in. I love this. This means uh, Suzanne. uh, But yes, thank you. But (laughs) but he's who? Former former Secretary of Commerce. Yes, Brad Chambers. But he's who? is who enough, Tony, that he will pull votes from Suzanne Crouch, which means she will not get to be governor either. And I consider that a win-win because he's not going to win as well. Okay, but let's be honest, and I'm going to push back here a little bit. There were about five people in Indiana, including Suzanne Crouch, that were going to vote for her in the primary. She has no personality. I don't care what you say. I've heard her give a speech. It is it is probably as good as taking a couple melatonin gummies. There is no leadership in her at all. She's a great follower. She was even like a, a decent, she had decent qualifications to be a lieutenant governor. Obviously, she kind of botched the job. But no, I, I didn't really see her a competent threat. Other people told me, oh, she's Braun's main competitor. No, she's not. She is a wax block someone shaped into an older woman. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just not. I'm, I'm, so as far as Chambers jumping in, he's a wax block. No one who makes under $200,000 a year in Indiana knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Well, Including this- me. I, and I've done the research on him. I still don't know who he is. I can't even put a face to a name. This man is the ultimate nothing. But real quick, and I know Casey wants to hop in here. This is why I love having Kenneth on, because it means I am no longer the most offensive person on this radio station. <laughs> so, uh, Tony, we've got now, what, five Republicans entering this race? 
Yeah, a whole whopping five. And the only two serious candidates that Hoosiers outside of 465 actually like Mm -hmm. are Curtis Hill and Eric Doden. Those are the two. You have the more establishment, more kind of corporate interest Republican who has some really interesting proposals from Doden. And then you have the culture war candidate, and that's Curtis Hill. Uh, that's, that's it. The other three candidates are all the same. Nothing about them is different. Now let's talk about Braun for a minute because I think he sort of like enters as the favor in the favorite in the clubhouse because he has infinite money. He's a senator. He lies and pretends to be conservative. But his track record in for voting in the Indiana State House was abhorrent because in 2017 he voted for all those Holcomb tax increases, including the gas tax. Are they going to just let him have a free pass on on that? I mean, why why does this guy get, seemingly get a freebie on getting to tell people look? how conservative I am. So I've talked to four out of the current five uh, campaigns uh, for running for Indiana governor, and every single one of them has reassured me, oh, it's all about the money, and it's all about door knocking, and it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And here's why. Name recognition in Indiana wins the primary. Mm -hmm. That's just the truth. There has not been an election in the last 15 years when which a primary has not heavily favored the higher name recognition candidate. And yet... So candidates right now, if they want to beat Braun, they need to get out there and they need to punch Braun. Now, he's an incredibly easy-to-punch target. No one wants to do it. Doden's team is not punching Braun. Hill's team is not punching Braun. And so Braun is literally going to float through and win the primary. Why? Does he have any skills? Does he have any abilities? No. He just He's a sitting U.S. senator. That's his only qualification to be governor, is that his name we have seen before. Okay, well, it's being, uh, it's being reported that this could be the most expensive race primary in the state's history. I mean, we're talking at totals that could get up to the 20 to $30 million dollar range being spent on this race with Mike Braun leading the charge with four and a half million dollars on hand at this point. Casey, have you ever seen a football team who wanted so hard to rush the ball that they kept making the offensive line bigger and bigger and bigger, despite the fact that running the ball was not going to get them anywhere? That's the Indiana gubernatorial primary. They don't know how to win. It's the easiest gubernatorial election in history, in this state's history, to win since post-Reconstruction Civil War. The easiest gubernatorial primary to win. And instead of, of actually fighting, they're just going to throw money at it as though a new billboard on I-65 is suddenly going to convince me to vote for Suzanne Crouch. Tony Kennett, when does your show start? What's going on? You're doing something new. What is it? Yeah, it's kind of a nice little end-of-day variety show focused more on the rural and suburban parts of the state. Um, It starts either on September 11th or 18th. We're figuring out a few last-minute things, mm-hmm. but uh, I, you know, I don't know if you know this about yet, but uh, you guys are going to be regular guests. Oh, congratulations! So congratulations for us. Yes. Thank you. Uh, well, should I apologize now or later? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So it'll be seven. It's seven to eight p.m. each night. Is that right? Is that the Tony Kennett experience? Is that what it's going to be? The Tony Kennedy experience. I hope not. Yeah, 7 to 8 p.m. That's, okay. uh, that's the plan. Perfect. Hey, we love you, man. Stay safe over there in Hawaii, and thanks for uh, digging up all the dirt. Anytime, guys. You stay safe out in Indiana as well. All right. Thank you, Tony. It is Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
19 minutes after 11, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So President Biden's emails from the time that he was vice president are starting to come under some scrutiny. And apparently he had an alias, a pseudonym, Robert L. Peters. Did you know that Joe Biden went by the name Bob Peters as well? Totally sounds like an adult film star name from the early 90s. Yeah. Robert L. Peters. It does. Bob Peters. Okay, so this is coming from the House Oversight Committee. James Comer asked the National Archives to give him some unredacted emails from when Biden was vice president. And uh, this all (laughs) relates to Ukraine and Burisma. And apparently in some of those emails, Joe Biden was using the name Bob Peters. Peters. It's no wonder that when he is asked simple questions like, uh, can you tell us about your trip to Hawaii? He says no. Because does he even know his own name? Does he know where he's going? Does he know anything that's going on around him? You know, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. And, uh, you know, I told her, because we were talking about people, how would the average person get involved? Like, how does the average person get involved to make a difference? And I said, I consider my entrenched involvement both a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. I consider it a blessing because I believe every person should be as involved as I am. Doesn't mean you have to have the same beliefs that I do, but should be as involved because it is the apathy is the kryptonite of American governance. And I consider it a curse though, because the involvement has in many ways, and I've had to learn this as I have aged, you can get sucked into a vortex of misery if you're not very careful Mm -hmm. because our our governance is so horrifically awful and in so many levels is run by horrifically awful, utterly incompetent people that I, and look, I, you know, I'm just full disclosure here. I, you know, I had to get out of it for a while and now my involvement's like I get asked to go thing, you know, this all mm-hmm. the time. And I, I, I can't do it because I know if I escape the parameters, it's like it's almost like being a it's like being an addict. And I, I'm not trying to in any way dilute people who are have like serious drug addiction or whatever. I'm not in any way trying to like in any way, you know, belittle that or anything. But what I'm saying is when you're so into something and you care about it so much, mm-hmm. you have to put guardrails around yourself because you have to know, you know, what is it? the man's got to know his limitations, right? Mm-hmm. And my limitation was I could never. You could put it down. I could never not not care. And so that's why when I get asked to go to things, I just 99% of the time say no, because then I start going to more things and to more things mm-hmm. and to more things. And it, this is why, stuff like this, right? I mean, you have a bumbling, incoherent, corrupt Let's just say it, evil buffoon running this country. And I'm not saying this is some pro-Donald Trump statement. I'm saying this is an American statement. We're the greatest idea ever conceived by man. We have had some of the brightest, most brilliant people in the history of the world be a part of creating this incredible system of governance. And yet we are seeing it so rapidly decline because we have the worst among us running the show and then you have people defending the worst amongst us like this John Tester guy. Yeah. Okay, so he is saying that uh, Biden is absolutely 100% with it. And if he's saying that, it makes me question him. It's from uh, Montana, correct? 
Yes, John, John Tester is a Democrat senator from Montana. He's up for re-election this year. Yes, Okay, right. and he's saying, no, Biden is all good. Joe Biden, when I've been around him, and that's not every day, but when I've been around him, when I've seen him on the news, he's absolutely 100% with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and he's got, he's, he's, his recall, his, his uh, cognitive ability, whatever you want to call it. I'm yeah. not a doc, I'm a dirt farmer, but <laughs> he's, he's fine and yeah. he's doing a good job. I think folks are making a bigger deal out of it than it is. Are we? Are we, though, making a bigger deal out of it? Isn't the dismissive nature um, alarming that you would not dismiss this guy if he were just your grandpa? Mm-hmm. You, somebody would be saying, we need to check on Grandpa Joe and make sure that he's o- he's okay today. Much less the guy's the president of the United States with the ability to affect everything from taxes to nuclear war. And this guy, John Tester, is just like, oh, no, he's fine. Everything's great. He's fine. Everything's great. He says no comment when there's natural disasters and there's uh, human loss of life in one of our states. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to talk about it. Every other day, there's a gaffe. He can't speak. He can't walk upstairs. He can't ride a bike. He lies constantly. And if you don't think that this is important, let me just review how this is affecting you and his Bidenomics. Prices are up 16.9% since he took office. Real wages are down by 3% since Biden took office. The nationwide average for regular gasoline is up $1.50 since Biden took office. Americans have paid over $2,200 more for increased energy costs since Biden took office. Our savings, our incomes, our economic confidence, they're all down since Biden took office. Households are spending $700 more than they did two years ago for the same goods and services since Biden took office. Credit card debt is at an all-time high. Americans are being punished by the highest interest rate in 22 years. Nearly 20 million American households are behind on their utility bills since Biden took office. 60% of workers report living paycheck to paycheck, including 73% of millennials since Biden took office. Most Americans think the country is on the wrong track. It's because Biden is in office. It's 1127. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. That was great. On 93. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. That was great. You deserve full credit for that. That was totally awesome. Somebody should put a Marconi plaque in your office. It's not a plaque anymore. It's a... (laughs) It's I'll a, share it with it's you. A, it's, a, it's like a triangle or something. We'll, isn't we'll it? make it a piece of jewelry. That was great. No, you, I was not going to let you go to break on that without saying that was awesome. <laughs> and I am I am 100% in support of that. And that should be in the Radio Hall of Fame. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. The Eastern World. It is 11.32 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump's lawyers have proposed a 2026 start date to his federal trial. Uh, This is the one with Jack Smith. I know we have to let you know which one we're talking about. Uh, His lawyers have argued that the government has had years and tens of millions of dollars to build a case and uh, lots of documents and interviews with hundreds of witnesses, and he needs more time, so he would like that trial to start in 2026. What do you... This is the question... 
I think that more and more people are asking themselves, which is, what do you do when all the societal norms break down and all the wow, what if scenarios are actually playing out mm. in real time? Yeah. And that's what's happening with Donald Trump. And again, let me repeat what's going on here. Donald Trump has been charged with more things than John Gacy or Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer or Richard Ramirez mm. or BTK. Oh, fill in H.H. H. Holmes, fill in your favorite serial killer. And Donald Trump has been charged with more things than these people. Is Donald Trump really a bigger threat to society than Richard Ramirez and BTK and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer? I mean, th- th- you are acting like, they, not you, Casey, but they are acting as though this guy was a Dr. Evil type character running some criminal empire whose goal was to take over the world. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised they haven't threatened to ship him to Guantanamo Bay if indeed he is convicted. Oh, don't don't say it too loud. You might give somebody ideas. Uh, Here's Adam Schiff, this nose picker. Uh, He says that Trump is worse than North Korea and China. I think you're right. I, I realized uh, in the first year of the Trump administration something that I never thought I would contemplate, which is that the predominant threat to our democracy now came from within, that there was nothing Russia or China or North Korea could do to divide us, to uh, tear down our institutions more than the than our own president of the United States had been doing. Another what lie i mean he he's like the biggest liar of them all right you learn from the big guy well this is the same guy who lied repeatedly and said i have evidence of russia collusion mm-hmm. in my desk right here and for two years and of course he didn't have any because there was none and to say to in any way it's like if you're going to compare someone to hitler newsflash in your life i'm not just talking about politicians any person you're going to compare to hitler stop just like full stop do not because no matter who it is i mean maybe one of these you know heads of iran or something who chop people's heads off or whatever maybe but even then no like there's there's just no there's just no person you're going to it's going to be a fraction of what hitler was mm-hmm. same thing here you've got this guy comparing a law-abiding tax-paying citizen who ascended to the presidency and 75 million people supported comparing him to Putin and Kim Jong Un mm-hmm. and I mean it's just like we are we have long since do you remember when they used to think the earth was flat like if you just <laughs> sailed when like the, you when, fall when, off Columbus that sure. was you know this is where we're at it would be if the earth was actually flat and you actually fell off the earth we have now fallen off the earth and we are just being sucked into some sort of vortex into an abyss because people like this are still elected officials in positions of power. Correct. Yeah. He's still making decisions for us. And he's saying that Trump is worse than North Korea or China. Casey, I have a question for you. This is pretty wild. And it it just dawned on me because I really haven't been, you know, I've been a little busy the past several months, weeks, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've not been as attuned to the sports world as I normally am. Could you work in a team concept with someone you absolutely hate? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do it every day, Rob. Well, that's a loaded question. Could you could you work in a team concept in yes. which it is not an individual your individual production mm-hmm. is irrelevant and it is whatever the team 
goal is um i yeah i mean it doesn't make it a, a great experience and i would say hate is a very strong word but no that's the word i'm using like you hate this person uh, you loathe them i don't know if i would last very long in that situation it would okay so because re- I'm, I'm a hard on the sleeve sort of gal i know and, and it would get out people would know yeah okay so the reason i ask this <laughs> is the, the Ryder cup is coming up and yeah. that is the olympics of golf mm-hmm. and it is every two years it's the usa against europe it's one of the biggest events it's as big as the majors maybe even bigger and because of the live golf split sure it was assumed that these live golfers because of the way the points are tabulated live doesn't count would be ineligible for the Ryder Cup. And obviously, the PGA players hate the live guys because of a variety of reasons. Well, now it has been determined on a points calculation. The top six players, points-wise, automatically make the Ryder Cup. The rest are picked by the captain, who is Zach Johnson. And there's no way he would pick any of the live guys of his own merit. However, a golfer named Brooks Kepka, one of the best golfers in the world, played so well in the majors this year which are the four main tournaments and the live guys are able to play in those qualifiers right he's played so well in those tournaments he's currently fifth which means he would if it ended today now there's still like two tournaments left to go in the pga that could change this but if it ended today he could make the Ryder cup team which means these usa players would have to play with this guy in because it's teams until the very last day it's team two guys playing together at a time that the guy, it was someone they absolutely hate, and everyone has made it very clear they do strongly loathe this individual. Okay, well, you're talking about a big difference because Brooks Kepka can dry his tears with $100 bills yeah. in this situation. Like, he'll be able to tolerate it for, I mean, how long is the... I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about these USA the other guys, players. Well, yeah. same thing. They can dry their tears with $100 bills. How long is this, you know, tournament? How is it two days, three, three days? Three days, yes. A weekend? Yeah. Yeah, you can tolerate a lot for that kind of money. It would be the a weekend. It would be the I don't know, Casey. It'd be the, this would be the equivalent of if you said, "Rob, you have to engage in some sort of three day activity with Eric Holcomb." <laughs> like, let's just say, but you were getting paid a well, ton of money to well, do okay, it. Okay, I bet you could suck it but up. You, but here's the thing: you don't get paid for the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is an unpaid position. You're playing for your country. Okay. And in the case of playing for your country, Mm -hmm. you have a huge problem here because these live guys are seen as traitors because it's backed by Saudi Arabia, which is clearly, while cordial with the United States from a business standpoint, not a lot of shared value there. So that was my question. Let's say there was some... Let's say there was some great charity. Like I did that event a couple weeks ago for the Brady Foundation, mm-hmm. and which is a fabulous charity. Uh, if you haven't looked it up, uh, the, the BradyFoundation.org is the website. It was to honor a, a little boy who passed away with cancer, and it raises money to help uh, other little kids who are fighting the same thing. And I emceed one of their events a couple weeks ago. It would be like if they came to me and said, Rob, will you do an event for the Brady Foundation? Yes, I will absolutely do that again. It was a great cause perfect don't mind giving a day but you gotta work with eric holcomb (laughs) so the cause is good right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you gotta work with someone who you would just as soon put their head in the toilet and hit flush i i I think i could do it for a good cause yeah i think i could you could that would be your motivating factor. But here's the problem. I would have to set up some parameters and boundaries on terms of engagement. <laughs> and I just tried to recently do that with the television appearance. And that didn't go very well. Because even though I had abided by them, the other person did not. So I don't know. I think this is just a fa- it's going to be a fascinating thing if indeed this guy qualifies. I, I think it'll be very uh, hard position for him to go in there knowing that everybody's not yeah, he's him. a big enough jerk. He probably will do it and eat it up that they have to be around well, him. Well, I mean, aren't they going to get sponsors and everything anyway for well, being involved? They well, may not be getting a 
paycheck no, from the no, tournament. No, 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 you get you get basically nothing being in the Ryder Cup. On now, the box of Wheaties. Here's what they could do because yeah. it's team play until the final day, and then it's all individuals. You don't have to play the guy. The biggest middle finger would be okay. You made this team. You're not playing in any of the team competition, mm-hmm. and you're going out last on Sunday. So there you go, Mister Live. Well, I look guy. at it like um, okay, you know I'm a big fan of soccer, yeah. right? But that Megan Rapino, the oh, one yeah. who who blew the kick this she year for the team. She lost it for America. If I were to ever be good enough to have been on that soccer team, I would have been proud to represent the country. I would have played the best of my ability, even though I have disdain for one of my teammates. Yeah, you're a, you're a, so I was, that that just kind of got me thinking like in our daily lives, what that would be the equivalent of, because obviously professional athletes live in a a much different world than everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Casey. I mean, even though they're not getting paid to play in the Ryder Cup, these guys are all worth a gajillion dollars. They do it. You know, they, they signed those nine figure Mm -hmm. deals to go to live. And so I just thought that was interesting. Like, could you work with someone you Really, yeah, really. Like, let's just say we you said suck it up because part of that is uh, maintaining yeah. their reputation. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like if they said Kendall's out effective immediately. Tony Katz is now your co-host. <laughs> is that an improvement? <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> could you do that on a daily basis? Don't start rumors. No, Tony has said that he could not work with a partner. He's told me that. Oh. He didn't know how to do that. <laughs> he's he's a solo ride. Ah. Let's talk about Vivek Ramaswamy really Your quick. Your boyfriend. Yeah, he shared a list of what he called are the 10 truths. Uh, he put this out on social media. It's like uh, Vivek's what, 10 commandments? Oh, well, that's kind of... Borders on blasphemy, but go ahead, yes. Okay, well, he said, uh, I'm, I'm going to go through them really quick. Uh, one, God is real. There are two genders. Human flourishing requires fossil fuels. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is no border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Capitalism lifts people up from property. Uh, poverty. There are three branches of the government, not four, and the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedoms in history. That's pretty hard to argue with that. Yeah, I mean, oh, those I, are all pretty good. Okay, so he was uh, speaking with Tucker Carlson, and he said he gets the sense that we're on the cusp of chaos. Do you get the sense as you travel the country, talk to people, speak, um, that we're on the? That it, it feels like we're on the cusp of chaos. I think we're on the cusp of something. I'd like to think of it as a revolution in a positive sense of that word. I think that, you know, I try to be an optimist at but times. You, do you feel like this is, oh, there's something going on. I, yeah. mean, I think we're like in a 1775, spring of 1776 moment in this country, actually. I think that people are hungry. Now, the form I want to see it play out in is reviving those shared ideals that unite us, that set the nation into motion in 1776, that... I think are innate to our nature as human beings, as Americans. I think that there's a hunger for a revival of those ideals. That's where we are. But there's a lot of ways that energy could go. The way I would like to play my small role in helping channel that energy, it's not all going to be done by the U.S. president, but there's a role to play, is to channel that energy towards a positive revival of that which unites us across our diverse attributes or divides. But... If it doesn't go that way, there's a there's a dam that's going to break and, and the river's going to go somewhere. I hope it leads towards a national revival rather than, you know, other places where this could go. Uh, you were spot on on this guy and I was dead wrong. So let's go ahead and jot that down here. It's 1144 on uh, what is today? The 18th of August. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob was wrong. Casey was right. Go ahead and 
roll tape on that. You saw this guy and said he's going to wow everybody and be Mr. Magnanimous and they're going to eat him up. And I thought there's no, this guy's going to be the, what was his name? Yang, Andrew Yang mm-hmm. of the thing. And yeah. he'll have his seven seconds of fame and he's going to be out. And thus far, you have been totally right. I mean, he is Mr. Charisma and Charm. And it, the polling, at least some of it, shows he's doing, well, he's not winning by any stretch of the imagination, nor is he really in second. He is he is doing, he's a relevant player. He's doing much better than yes. anybody was thinking. Well, you were thinking anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm, you know, me, I'm always man enough to admit when I was wrong. And on this one, I was 100% wrong. And I still think the guy is a total huckster and I don't get it. But hey, look. He's it, connecting with somebody because he is charging up. And, he is. And the one that we both said we thought was going to be the guy, Ron DeSantis, from the get-go, we thought he was the one, and boy, he's fumbling it. Yeah, I'm not going to concede anything yet, though, because uh, a lot can happen between now and Absolutely. Iowa. But, uh, but I, what is it about him? What about is it Vivek? about? Yeah, what? I mean, you were in love with his wallet, so I mean, you're you don't. <laughs> I mean, I, we understand with you, but clearly, there's a lot of people who like this guy not because they're enamored with the size of his bank account. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it? Um. Or is the, was the wallet just that important to you? You don't even know what it is with anyone else. I don't know what it was. Gold I think digger. when he when he first came on the scene, I think he was just, he was very articulate. And he was saying things. He was having conversations. And I know a lot of this is from the, the notes. These are the talking points. Yeah. And this is what I'm supposed to say. I can see through some of that. But I think he's bringing conversations to the forefront. And he, he says it in, a, in an eloquent way. Yeah. He's saying, you know, we're in the middle of a national identity crisis. And he wants faith and patriotism hard work and family. And um, I think that he has had experiences uh, being a child of an immigrant that are are different from all the other politicians that we've heard from. All right, uh, Kev, you're going to want to pay attention to this next segment. There's a big festival going on tomorrow right in your neck of the woods in Greenwood. All sorts of booze, all sorts of music, and all sorts of fun. And we're going to have uh, indie radio legend Russ Dodds with us to tell us about it coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here at Oh Casey. There's a big event going on this weekend. Do you know about that? I yes, and I'm excited about it. Wake me up before you go go. What a fabulous singer you are. That's Wham, right? Did it's you, Wham Fest. Did you ever consider a career on Broadway? I, I totally missed my calling, didn't I? Uh, yes, it is a Wham Fest. It is a great big deal, and let's learn all about it. Joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline, Indianapolis radio legend, the great Russ Dodge. All right, Russ, tell us what the heck Wham hey, Fest well, is, morning. when and where. Yeah, it's uh, Wham Fest, wine, art, music, and microbrew. And oh. some pretty good food, too. It's uh, tomorrow. From noon to 9 p.m., Craig Park on Smith Valley Road in downtown Greenwood. Uh, this thing has been going on you know, since uh, 2008-9 or thereabouts. Had a year or so off during the pandemic. But it, it's a fantastic event because there's stuff going on all day. There's two stages, five bands playing, and the headliner is Spin Doctors. This is the first time we've had a headliner 
at WAMFest. And Spin Doctors, my goodness, uh, you're going to hear all that great stuff that they did from their uh, Grammy-nominated CD, Pocket Full of Kryptonite. Uh, I'm a particular fan of Jimmy Olsen Blues on that one for mm-hmm. just kind of neat reasons. But yeah, there's, there's just a lot of good stuff. And then there are other great bands playing all day, starting at about 1245, Pushing Daisies Band, Fancy Sauce, Blue River Band, Parrots of the Caribbean. So you, you know that one's a, a Jimmy Buffett tribute. And then 7 o'clock, on comes Spin Doctors. So wait, wait a second. Casey, I think, actually had a crush on the lead singer of the Spin Doctors back in the mid-90s. So this would be perfect for you, Casey. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. Uh, you know what? He never used to use soap when he would shower. <laughs> he had a really musky smell back in the day. Okay, so Russ, this has nothing to do with George Michael. Not that wham. No. Wine, no. art, and music. And microbrews, you know, there's a, like about a dozen breweries out there, uh, just uh, some really, really good ones, too, that are Oak and Barrel has been there from day one because they're a Greenwood brewery, but Quaffon, Taxman, Planetary, uh, Mashcraft, uh, Guggenhaus, Four Day Ray, Centerpoint, Cedar Creek. That uh, just gives you a little bit of an idea. I think there's probably one or two more that'll show up at the last minute. And wineries, uh, Mallow Run, Whole Camp, and Cedar Creek, and a couple of others. And then all kinds of food everything from food trucks to uh, great barbecue, like Whiskey River Barbecue, pizza if you want it, uh, yogurt, frozen yogurt yogurt if you want it's going to be a warm day so uh but not overly hot so it's a lot of fun that we'll be able to uh have a good time and you can hear the music all day russ dodge is our guest we're talking about wham fest going on tomorrow in greenwood now russ greenwood is where our producer kevin lives and casey and i were taking bets off air about what time during the day people will be able to find kevin passed out on the lawn (laughs) because of all the uh, beverage availabilities at the wham fest well you you start early and keep going till it's late uh he you know if he's a real radio pro he'll make it through most of the day (laughs) nice that sounds like a challenge well you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning right hey something along those lines yeah russ again before we let you go again tell us all about wham fest it's an awesome event when and where people can find it and go out there and maybe find kevin passed out on the lawn during the spinoxers concert yeah i want to give you info on the tickets uh you can get them at the gate but uh, save a little time. You How much are they, Russ? Uh, they at the gate, uh, 25 bucks. Children 12 and under are free. Oh, Okay, so and you, you you gave out the website, and I was talking over you so rudely. So tell us that one more time. Whamfest.com is the website uh, here. And just to know that the money raised from uh, this event uh, over the years goes to community activities, charities, scholarships, and with the proceeds that we expect from tomorrow's WAM Fest, the cumulative total that's gone to the different charities and organizations will exceed $1 million. Wow. Uh, how good is that? Nice. I love it. Congratulations. All right. All right. It's going on in Greenwood tomorrow. You can hang out with indie radio legend Russ Dodge. Kevin will be passed out on a lawn somewhere. It'll be an awesome time. WAMFest.com yeah. is the website. Russ Dodge, you're the best. Thank you. Well, and then it's the Tome of Greenwood that puts it on, so you'd be aware of that too, okay? All right. You're the best, Russ. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening today and all week long. We really do appreciate that. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll catch you back here on Monday. Tony Katz is up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.